Hey, good morning. It's good to see you. Who can believe that it's already the middle of August? But it's speeding so fast, but what a great summer it's been. And who doesn't love the songs of summer? Band did a great job, and today I'm going to be bringing another song of summer, and it is one of my favorites. I think I got one of the best songs, and I'm thankful that I got it on my agenda. And you heard it today with the band. So simply, uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. I love that song. You know, I got my Mini Cooper, and Mini Cooper, for me, it's an 06, spells summer. I get to put the, the top down and open it up and crank up the radio, and when these songs of summer come on, I love it. Now, this particular one uh, by U2 is just kind of maybe an anthem for me. I, I still haven't found what I'm looking for because I lose stuff. Now, I don't know about you, but I can sing that and realize, yeah, I haven't found my keys. Or, you know, I, that wallet, you know, I should have it in my back pocket. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Or, or, or my glasses or my sunglasses or you name what it is. You know, it's so easy for us to not find what we're looking for. So it kind of resonates with me. But that's not what he's singing about. He's not singing about a lost wallet. He's singing about going through life. You know, right here in midsummer, we're going through life. And the summer's been kind of great because the masks have been able to come off and we've been able to hang out with people and have fire pits and just do kind of fun stuff. Maybe you've been on vacation with your family or maybe down at the beach. Uh, I hope you grabbed your coffee today and gathered a couple people because we're going to have a great time today with that anthem song, a song of summer from YouTube. So be, uh, be there. I love this song kind of for this reason. You know, Bono was kind of saying this, and he's been around. He's been to the mountaintops. He's been here. He's been there. He's sensed a little bit of what evil is about, and he realizes that the cross is important for his life. So we know he's not talking about some gal. He's talking about his relationship with God. But what a powerful theological statement he makes a life statement, and it, it is simply this. I found some things, but I'm still looking for some things. You know, you read through the lyrics, and you hear the song, and he's, he's not saying that he hasn't found anything. He's on a search, and that is so part of our lives. And we kind of live, I do anyway, in this tension. This tension of having found some things, and this tension of still looking for some things. And this is what we are talking about today because it speaks to our lives. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you're still looking for. It could be a lot of different things. Maybe life just seems kind of silent. Or maybe you don't know the next part of that journey. Or maybe you're waiting on something. Or maybe in your own life you, you sense this gnawing need. And, and what is it that's going to fill that? And parts of it you've found, but parts of it you still haven't found. We kind of hope that once COVID kind of disappeared a little bit and the masks came off, that life would just come flooding back. But you know, for many of us, we're trying to figure out post-COVID or in the middle of the end innings of that whole scene, 
kind of like how do we use the rest of our lives? What's really important? I've talked to a lot of people who've said to me that COVID has really changed them, but in positive ways. It's like they've been to the mountain. It's been like they sensed a little kind of stuff in their life. And they have found some things and found kind of the meaning of some things in life and it propels them forward. And, and, and for me, in, in that Mini Cooper with the top down and the radio blaring, it's not about my wallet. It's about the reality that, yeah, I've got my hands on something. I've got my hands on some good things in life, but I'm still looking. And I think that's the human journey. And you know, actually, it is a great message for you and for me wherever we are. Because I'm sure there are things you've found. I'm sure there's some yearning in your heart of things you haven't quite found. But you know, we hear that that's really the journey of this walking with Jesus thing. In fact, we, we read in, in Hebrews chapter 2, one of the chapters in a book that was given to the Hebrews right there in the New Testament, and, and it kind of says in the opening chapters that, yeah, this Jesus He's in charge of stuff. But then the author says, but we don't always see right now that he's in charge of everything. Because there's a lot of craziness in the world. And so there are things that are true, there are things that we see, and there are things that we don't see. And he ends this little portion by saying, we don't see everything yet under his beautiful, grace-filled blessing for our lives and for everyone else but he says we do if we look we can see Jesus interacting in our lives I love that I don't know about you but one of the things that propels me forward is the reality that I don't know what's around the bend it's like that old movie castaways you never know what the the tide's going to bring in the next day I don't know what life's going to bring in the next day I don't know what God's going to do in my life. Recently, over the last maybe year and a half, I was asked by John to, to really put together something called Seeker 6, S-I-X, which was really geared to people that are seeking and maybe people who don't really know some things about finding God. And so it was a collection of people, sometimes on video, sometimes face-to-face, -face, from all over the place. And in one of the sessions, I always ask, well, well, how do we really know that God exists? It's a very safe place. And I'm always kind of blown away by the answers. Because almost every person says, I'm seeking because I've seen God do some things in my life and I know he's real. And I'm like, that is so cool. It tells us about God. It tells us that he's always there and he's interacting and he's being a part of our lives, but he does it in a certain way. Oh, that Hebrews place, it tells us that I don't see everything in the blessing of what's going to happen. And I see a lot of crazy stuff. But if I look closely, this is what all my people on Seeker 6 say, you can see God working through our lives. And I think that's the message of that song. 
Because you can go to the highest mountain and you can, you can be here and you can taste love in many different places and you can find the cross and how important it is for us and yet you still keep propelled on to seek the things, the fulfillment of life that we still quest and you're on that journey and I'm on that journey. Well, it can be, hey, let's be honest today, it can be challenging. You know, you got your coffee there. But if you're a human being, and I know you are and I am, there's stuff happening in life. There are relationships that seem upside down. There are questions that don't seem to have answers right away. There are things that you wish you had that you didn't have. You're reevaluating the stuff of life rather than maybe the need to understand how valuable the people in life are really to you and to me. And all these things are the journey of, of not knowing and not having and not finding everything that we're looking for, but still trekking on. And that's what that song is really about, trekking on. But in the middle of it, we can get down. We can get lost in the sense of finding our way and knowing what is important. And there was a time when Jesus was meeting with his disciples and he hit them with something big. And they hadn't seen it yet. And they weren't going to really like what they're going to see. But he was kind of preparing them for it. And he told them one evening that he was going to go away, and that was really bad news. Some of us have seen our jobs go away, or seen our friends go away, or seen what we thought was valuable go away, and maybe we have grief, and we have a sense of loss, and maybe the loneliness, and not wanting to put that mask on again, and put it away for good, and things seem isolating, and looking for God and looking on the mountaintop or in the valley or here and there and, and, and touching what we think is love and all, as they said, the wrong places and all of that craziness. And, and we still come back to this place that we have an emptiness that, that he wants to fill. He spoke to his disciples and he told them this. And I love this about God. And this is my journey because I haven't found everything I'm looking for but I found some things that I know are absolutely rock good but it's a journey continues and Jesus said this he said he said don't let your hearts be troubled don't let your hearts be troubled Lord Jesus have you gone through COVID do you realize we have to sell our house do you realize our finances are in a mess do you realize what's going on around us? Do you realize I don't know if my company's going to be in business? Do you realize all the stuff that's happened? What do you mean, don't let my hearts be troubled? But then Jesus went on, and actually the word in the original language for troubled is, is, is roiled. It's an old word in English. Uh, and that's just kind of swarmed up. Like, have you ever gone to a stream or a little puddle when you're a kid and you jumped in the puddle? I remember that. I used to jump in puddles. And, uh, or you, you disrupt a stream because of the rain and all of a sudden all the debris that's on the bottom of that stream just gets animated in suspension again and 
you can't see things and it's all murky and you can't drink that water and it's a mess. And I, I think Jesus is saying, don't let your hearts get troubled because it pulls all the stuff off the sentiment that's at the bottom of that stream. Do you have stuff on the bottom of the stream? It's all kind of packed down there. Loneliness. A sense of inadequacy. A sense of failure. A sense of uh, imposter syndrome as they talk about, I really shouldn't be where I am. Whatever it is that can be sentiment of stuff that happened years ago that really is kind of meaningless now and sometimes trouble just brings it all up for a day. That's getting roiled, the water boiling, roiling, that's the word. And then Jesus kind of gives them an answer because, you know, they're trying to understand this. They're kind of messed up. And Thomas always known for doubting. I mean, all through eternity, he can be known as Doubting Thomas, but his real name was just Thomas. He actually went to India and started the church in India, did powerful things in life, so we can do whatever. And he says, Lord, you know, um, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Maybe today you're saying, I don't know the way to encourage my own parenting and blessing in my own marriage and working and making a difference in society and all of these things and so Thomas really spoke with the others and said Lord we don't see what we're looking for we identify we have been to the mountain with you but now you're telling us something that we can't see we can't see the thing that we're looking for and how do we know the way and then Jesus said this he said he said well, well Thomas he said I want you to know I, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. He said, I am the life. And I step back for a moment. Maybe you can do this too. The way is really a person. Jesus didn't say, I'll show you the way. He said, I am the way. What's the way out of depression? The steps out is a person. What are the steps off that mountain to find the things that we're still searching for? Jesus didn't show us the way. He said, I am the way. It's a person. How do I rebuild a marriage that seems tattered? He can show us things about the way, but he really is the way. And then he says he's, he's the truth. Pilate goes, what is truth? Today, what is truth? Truth is whatever anybody believes. It's truth. But again, Jesus kind of goes back and the world can do what it wants to. The coin with Caesar on it, give it to Caesar. He wants the coin. But he says, I'm the truth. And I'll tell you the truth. I'll tell you the truth about life. I'll save you, David, from a thousand pitfalls. Because I'm the way, I'm the truth. And he said, I'm the life. You know, I know from those days, and if there's a message to remember, it's, it's man, I started in Asbury Park, New Jersey as a punk kid, not knowing left from right, not knowing why I was in school, 
not knowing much about anything, but working at that wheel on a summer job. And the Lord came very deeply into my life over uh, July 4th weekend, and my life totally changed. I found out that, yeah, He is the way, He is the truth, and He's the life. I still haven't found everything I'm looking for. But I have found life. Because that life is a person. And my whole being has changed completely because of knowing that person in my life. And all of a sudden, this kind of got digested and all this stuff went on as Jesus went to the cross. But he gave to us a beautiful picture of, of whatever we're facing. And, and I know this to be true in my own life. I've faced stuff. But I never face that stuff alone. And sometimes God seems silent, like the song ended. But he didn't end. And sometimes I have to wait. I don't like waiting. Who likes to wait? Like waiting in a line for, for Wendy's or whatever. I don't like waiting. But there's a whole lot of waiting in life. But it's not like we're all scattered out there with God sitting on the edges of the universe saying, do whatever you want to do. He actually, he actually says, you know, that, that he's never going to leave us. He says, I, I'm never going to forsake you. You know, I, I'm going to be with you always in the hard times and in the great times. And because I am the way, the truth, and the life, and, and I'm committed to you, and Sometimes you wish I talked more, but I'm quiet. And, and yet, if you find in that tension, he said, the sheep hear his voice. And, and knowing God's voice and his word and in my heart and that still small voice and even through people's lives and even through my thought processes as I think about God and not me, it kind of works. I don't see everything in my life submitted to him like Hebrews 2, but, but, but if I look... Like all my friends on Seeker 6, I can see Jesus doing things. Someone told me about a month and a half ago on a, on a different topic, they said this. We see what we're looking for. What we're looking for, we see. If I'm looking for everything that the world tells me is going to give me satisfaction and I I still haven't found it as Bono talks about in that song and you go through the verses. Um, I'll see that stuff. But if I, if I start to look for the quiet feet of the Christ in my life who's always with me and always with you, every once in a while, he lets me know how close he really is. And so he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. And, and then the Apostle Paul gets a hold of this. He followed Jesus. He was, he was a guy and he actually persecuted the church and boom, God loved him enough in Christ to really bounce him a little bit and get his life going. And, and, and look at this. I love this. He says this. He says, don't be anxious about anything. 
Yeah, but Paul, you didn't live in New Jersey. You, you didn't face the taxes. You didn't face the, the jam-ups on the highway. But he says, don't be being anxious about anything. But look at this. But in everything, in everything? In everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Whoa. Which transcends all understanding because people don't understand that that's important. And he'll, he'll guard your heart. Yeah, it's this heart thing. When you read those lyrics of Bono, there's heart in all of it. It'll guard your heart. It'll guard your mind. And those are two things that trip us up. The heart and the mind. I'm thinking lies. I'm reading lies. I'm meditating on my own lies. It messes me up. My heart. My heart tells me stuff that may not be true. Depending on the journey that we've traveled in our lives. But here Paul says, I've been through it. I've been on both sides. There was a time when all the Pharisees hated me and the church didn't trust me and I was a guy in the middle of all this while I was making a faith transformation and journey. I've been through stuff. And he goes, take the anxiety. He knows the human condition. And, and do something with it. Don't just sit there like the other disciples at that dinner and say, hey, we don't know what's going on. We don't see everything. We haven't found everything we're looking for. But like Thomas, open up the mouth and say, hey, look, we don't understand. We don't know. We don't know the way. And we're anxious about it. Jesus says, look, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And so it propels us like Bono to continue the search. Why, why does God do this? Seeker 6 talked about it. If God exists, we believe and know that he does. Does he want to be known? That's a great question. And if he wants to be known, how does he want to be known? Because in the book we read that he kind of hides himself. He doesn't have to show himself like Times Square. Hi, I'm here. Let me outmarket everybody else because it's me. And you know, we look and go, you're not doing a really good job at this, Jesus. If you did, you change how you do what you do. But you go and you read and you find out he doesn't have a need to change what he does. In fact, he actually believes he's got something good here in how he reaches. He comes into our life. He says hi. He relates with us. And then he puts us on a search. We find things as we go along. It's not like an Easter egg hunt, but as you continue to walk around, you find little eggs, and you, you find, oh, this is good. You're going to keep good and good stuff. And he does that for whatever reason. He knows the human condition. We get bored, and if he did all this stuff, what difference would it really make anyway? And so he's really kind of cool, honestly, very cool with how he works with our life. You know, he was the one who said to people he healed often, hey, look, don't tell anybody I did this. Just between you and me. 
Of course, everybody went out and talked about it. It wasn't just a marketing scheme. It's just the way he is. Someone said to me that probably the most brilliant thought I've had in maybe 30 years said, I, I follow a higher power who makes miracles look like coincidences and then those people don't go tell all I did this. And you kind of look, and you kind of look in your own life, and, and all of a sudden, you haven't found what you're looking for, but all of a sudden, man, that, what, what, what just happened right there? Maybe you tell your friend or your honey, like, it was as if God showed in a powerful way something in my life. And so in this journey, we have this thing that we, we don't see it all, but we see certain things. And so not being anxious, but by prayer. What's this whole thing about prayer? This prayer thing is, is just, it's just talking to God. It's just real simple. Let's demystify it. It's just talking to God. Taking a walk in the afternoon and taking in a minute or two in that walk and talking to God. For me, I used to go in Asbury Park after work, either out on the, the fire escape, which was beautiful. It was just me and the fire escape and the night sky overlooking the amusement park. Or I'd go out on the end of the jetty. I don't expect you to do that, but I grew up at the shore and I had to jump jetties. And I'd go out on the end there after work at 11 o'clock at night. And I'd just sit out on the end of the jetty with the water just crashing on the jetties and the stars over the ocean. I think it's right there I just learned in my simple way just to talk to God about stuff. And how it turns out is every once in a while you, you start to hear that, that inner voice that you know is just beyond your own thoughts or a peace or a comfort or a care or a sense of direction. You know, today if, you, if you're saying, I don't even talk to God, you know, I say, well, look, this anxiety stuff of, 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 of not being anxious, there's an antidote. And that is simply talk to God about your stuff. And you talk to God about your stuff, say, hey, Lord, I'm worried sick. I haven't seen a raise. I haven't seen how it's going to work out. I don't know where you're going, and I don't know where we're going. Maybe in that little walk, you just say, God, I, I kind of, there's a lot of stuff I see, there's stuff I haven't seen, but I, I want to I give it to you. I, I tell people, if you're not used to talking to God, why don't you start with five minutes a day? It can be in the car. Don't close your eyes, but it can be in the car. It can be during lunch. It could be sitting in your backyard. It could be at night when you can't sleep. But just start a little bit. For me, I kind of tell you that, that it's important to have a place you go, maybe. You can pray anywhere, but it doesn't have to be in a building. Have a place. I've got about four places in New Jersey when I get really wigged out that I go to. Elijah had that. Some of the great women and men of the Bible had those places. Get, find a place. Turn off the devices. Those devices are always beeping and making noises because they're crying out for my attention, which can literally wait five minutes. Number three, to, to understand that I don't have to be super spiritual to enter that time of prayer. God cares for me just as I am. I'm a human being. 
I, I'm a fallen human being that he's redeemed and he wants to hear me. He loves it, just like when a little toddler comes up to you and they just want to talk a little bit. They just want to sit on your lap for a little bit. And, and in the same way, you know, God, Jesus just loves hanging out with you. Give him your stuff. Give him the stuff you haven't seen. Give him the pain, the hurts. You say he's too busy. How many people say he's too, he's not too busy. He loves being God. And he's really, really good at it. And he's careful with it. And he reached out and found you. And he found me. And he's looking for every person on the planet because we're all made in the image of God and he wants us in relationship. And just be honest with him. Well, how, how can I be honest with God? It's God. Well, because he's honest with you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And then he says this. I love it. It's one of the most powerful statements, I think, in the New Testament. He goes, if this wasn't true, I would tell you. If there was no eternal life, I'm going to shoot straight with you. Have a great time. If there wasn't an amazing eternity without death, I would tell you. Because he's the way to choose in life. And so he's real. And he's honest. And he can take your raw honesty about how you're feeling, what you're thinking, the places you've been, as Bono said, the touch of evil, this, that, all these experiences. I think he said it was a warm night, but it was cold to the touch. You think about that for a while. It's a powerful, powerful statement about evil. But he talks about the cross. You know, in a beautiful way, Jesus really was dying to talk to you. Because upon that cross, for you, for me, he gave us the path into his presence. My life, as you've known me and know me, was fundamentally completely changed. And as I continue to walk with him, my face, conviction, confidence in him, certainty of who he is, how he works, and how eternal life is real is a stronger today, despite all the stuff of life, than when I first began. It's a journey. It's a journey and a pilgrimage that you're on, that I'm on. And he's already touched your life for you wouldn't even be here taking the time, which I so appreciate, to listen and to hear the great worship band and to be under the ministry of this great church. So I want to encourage you on. I want to encourage you in that pilgrimage. Not to get discouraged about the stuff you don't see. To realize the tension in it all is that we live in this life with things that we will see if we start to look for it. And yet, there's a fulfillment that will happen deeper in our life as we experience more of him. Would you join us all in that? We're for you. And more important than that, the Lord's for you. And no matter where you are today, he is just a few words away. 
So be blessed and pull the top down as you're driving around this summer if you've got a convertible. Turn and crank on those summer tunes and have a great week. God bless you. I'll see you soon.